0: I'm Margie Haber, and welcome to my podcast, Slice of Life. Here you'll have an opportunity to be a fly on the wall in my studio, and you'll be able to listen to my students share their journeys as they discover their personal power. I'm also looking forward to interviewing many industry guests who will impart their wisdom. So let's jump in and live the life. Hello to you, Samantha. It's so good to see you. It's It's so good to see you. Yeah. Yeah. It looks fabulous. Thank you for doing my podcast. Thank you.
1: This has been really boring in the pandemic, so it's fun to have stuff (laughs) to put it up.
0: (laughs) Something for you to do, is that right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, you know, it's been a while, but I got to tell you, I am so proud of you and so excited about. A lead in a series, my God. It was amazing, it was
1: so cool. It was just like yesterday I came to come see you and we I did I know. That. Yeah. But you know, it's called, is it still called On the Spectrum? Um, it's probably not. Right now officially it's called Untitled Jason Katims Show. Um, I kind of know what it might be, but I don't think I'm allowed to say it yet, so. Okay, don't say it.
0: Don't want you to, don't want you to do it rules for our yep. podcast. I'm a rule follower. But you, um, it's basically though, it's a, it's a series that you're leading about a woman who has autism and you happen to have the autistic, is that correct? Yes,
1: yes, I am on the spectrum. So here's the thing. People don't understand, right? There's like, there was Asperger's. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, because, I mean, there's so many different versions of, like, um, being on the spectrum. There's kids who may be nonverbal, but just because they're nonverbal doesn't mean that they are not completely self-contained and aware. Um, you know, there's this author I really love. His name's William Stillman. And he has Asperger's, and he writes these books. Um And he was talking about, because he has this like special, like different sense when he's around like people with autism and, um, and when he's around people who are not verbal, like he realizes that um, they're actually very aware. They may not be able to communicate. Like there was this like little, so the difference between basically like Asperger's and autism is Asperger's is way more um, out there in the world. Like we're very verbal. We're almost too ribble. <laughs> you know, like like if you're around someone who has Asperger's, we could be kind of like, like when I was a kid, I was like really annoying and called a spaz. Cause you know, it's so, it's like, that kid is so annoying. Get her, you know, like get that kid away. <laughs>
0: so you, you were called Asperger's. You, actually- yeah,
1: I'd be an Aspie. Yeah. Although there's times where I'm just like, if I'm really tired, I'm just like going to be kind of mute for a while or just take care of myself. And, it, it doesn't even matter anymore. It's just all under one umbrella term, which is the autism spectrum disorder, right? ASD. So they removed Asperger's. I mean, people like Anthony Hopkins has Asperger's. Um, really? Yeah, Anthony Hopkins, who else has it? And a Chris, uh, there's this, he's this like, he loves, because we, we will love things and we'll love it, love it to like, a, like an incredible degree. Um, this guy, he's a host, Chris Packham, Chris Packham. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it could, I mean, it's different. It's different. And for me, it's like, obviously like, I mean, I was raised with a mom where it was like, you better not be different. You are like, my mom was like, something's wrong with my kids, Something, you know? And so she, she taught me like, I, I, my acting abilities basically comes from needing to hide anything about me that stands out as different.
0: Yeah. Um, I was thinking that when I was thinking about what I wanted to talk to you about, first of all, you answered so much of it. the, amazing um, secret people keep. You know, one of the things I'm writing in my book is how, how we're only as sick as our secrets. Mm. And many of us have these secrets that of shame. Mine was being gay. And that mm. was taught to me when I was young. You, you know, don't let anyone know anything about that. And I can't imagine how difficult it is for children to be different period and to know that you're different and that that's what i was thinking about with you when we first met how amazing it is i am so impressed with you the challenges that you used as a way to pivot yourself into being this most amazing
1: Oh, Margie. I almost didn't survive. I'm going to tell you right now. I I did not want, I was suicidal. I, you know, I was one of those teenagers that had such a hard time because it was way too hard, you know, and there's, that's the different, a lot of times when people are really high functioning, we're so smart, right? Like a straight A kid. We're smart enough to know when we're being made fun of when we're being excluded when we don't fit in we're smart enough to know when people are being unkind to us but we can't figure out why don't i fit in why doesn't those kids like want to come and hang out with me what like so you know like why are people pushing me and after a while i mean sweden did the study you know high functioning autism has the highest suicide rates in the world and yeah if it wasn't for my best friends in high school i would not be here today you know
0: and uh well, it's supposed to be a very lonely place to be. Oh. And, I mean, I know that many people in this world, I'm sure people that are listening to this podcast, have been bullied. That alone and on top of that, to know that you're different but not know why, that's always um, difficult. Yeah. And then, you know, and then like the culture thing, like... I'm Chinese, right? Like
1: I'm Asian. Asian people are like a whole different beast because in the Chinese culture, I mean, especially my family, because my family was very like, you know, they just came from a family that was, you know, you got to look right, right? Like you think about like, I don't want to say it, so I won't say it. But I have to, here's where I have to be careful, because when you're an nasty, you kind of are just really honest. Say whatever
0: and, you want to say. Right, right. And then I'm like, in my head, but I have to,
1: like, think it through, right? I was like, oh, I can't say that because that might not be appropriate because this and that happens.
0: Anyways, yeah, that's, that's how I you know, you're, It's the I, I know this from me who um, tends to say things without thinking about it, that it must be, it's like a constant uh, run-on sentence in your brain, right? And you have to just say, okay, stop. Take a breath, observe, proceed. That's what I use. Yes. Just kind of take a breath and say something I want to share. I do that in my own life, and I don't think I'm autistic, but I must say it is a challenge to wait and see what I really need to say, right? Right, right. Like vomiting out anything that comes out into your brain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So your friends helped you when you were able to, uh, what did they do for you?
1: Um. You know, I had this really tight knit, like, so for someone like me, I've always had like one really, really, really good best friend, right? And it's like, it's just so classic because girls on the spectrum are able to hide and mimic, you know, we have, well, I'll just like, I remember like being in third grade and like seeing like an older girl and I would just mimic every single one of her movements, or, like, I'll see, like, someone who's older, you know. I remember, like, I would just, like, do her face, too. Because I knew, like, I knew certain things about me where, like, I couldn't walk right. And I would get made fun of because I, I have that, like, really aspy, like, like my joints are all really super flexy. And so I I didn't really fit in. I was too skinny. Girls would be like, you're so skinny. You could use Cheerios as a hula hoop. Oh, and baby. I would look around. I'd be like. Uh, what other class of people are really skitty and don't get made fun of oh models maybe I could like try and I'll try walking like the way a model would walk and then so I would have these special interests in people a certain type of person right so for a long time I had special interest in modeling and models and I would just hang out with all of these models right and they would dress me they were like, they were like mother figures, you know. Like one of my, some of my best friends were like supermodels, you know, like Chanel runway supermodels. And they'd be like, "Don't wear that. You wear this. You do this. Don't do that." When you're out in public, just put on a hoodie because you're gonna get harassed on the subway. So they would, I would just copy and mimic their how they lived.
0: So that's kind of how you're, um, how you became an actress, because in quite honestly, you trained yourself to learn to live other people's lives, isn't that? Yeah, so true. <laughs> there, yeah. No, <laughs> who, who knew that all it's interesting to me how challenges can always be something that can make you a better person. Who can all, you know, all these challenges help us to find meaning in life, I believe, don't you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I uh yes, it's taken a really long time to get there. I'm with you, Margie, because you know, there was a time when I was like This sucks. I don't want to be here. And the longer I kept going and going and going, now it's like, oh my God, everything just makes sense. This is why, Yeah. yeah, yeah, everything makes sense. I don't have to hide the one thing that I always hated about myself, right? Like, like, the, it was like what you talked about, the secret. Like, we have secrets. And uh, and this part of me brought so much shame because with it, there's other things that comes along with it that are shameful that I felt that made me a bad human being or a bad person or unlovable in my own right. And I'm really lucky. I mean, like, relationships are – I was just telling someone, I was like, a lot of the things, if I'm just acting around you, you're not going to – I, I I don't try to hide myself the way I did when I was younger.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't care anymore about trying to fit in with, if someone doesn't like me, they don't like me. You know, I'm not going to change their minds about me, especially by trying to be someone that I'm not, (laughs) you know, like
0: why bother? You would talk to me. I mean, and this was what I thought was really interesting. uh, When you and I met, which was just a, a wonderful moment for me, I'm sure it was pretty wonderful for you too, but it was wonderful because I can remember you coming into the my house and you just were one big, long, run-on sentence. And you came in full of life and full of just excitement and joy and playfulness. Mm-hmm. And uh, we connected right away, didn't we?
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was cool because, you know, my friend um, Annie really loves you. And so it was new, so I was like, because I'm always like, what is it gonna be like, right? Because I'm like, I have to scope it out. Like, I don't want to offend nobody.
0: And then, like, you're, yeah, you're cool. It was really well. Fun. You're cool too. But I thought was interesting for me is that uh, it's all about trust, isn't it? You came in to see me, and uh, here I am asking you to use yourself, which I think is the, the, the question that I always have with actors. You know, there's times when you create a character. And is nothing like you and you have to use your imagination but in in living the life of your character what's her name violet violet yeah <laughs> are you living violet's life there was a lot of you in it
1: oh i have never in my life like like when i read and i just still when i read the pilot i'm just like everything it's like it was me it was just like me and it's the part of myself that I don't let myself be because I'm always trying to act to hide it and so there's something really special to sink in and and explore explore in a way or you know more lovingly because I haven't been around people who are loving around that you know
0: yeah I can remember we were we did a few slices of life you know I like to call it slices of life versus scenes And I can remember uh, you were talking about... It was a slice of life where you are um, working at a restaurant... A diner, which you (laughs) did in life, right? Yeah. And you you were transferred back to the French fries area, (laughs) right? And I said, it must be very hard for you. And you started to cry when we were working together. Yeah. Like the first time you said, I feel like I can be myself now. I can really not have to hide anymore
1: yeah it was so nice you know it it was like everything about it was just so um well you said it better than me margie i'm not gonna say it any better so <laughs> that's that
0: so tell me about the lot you know i just let me say how much i love working with you first of all and how brave you were with me and um how much i appreciated your trust in me you know that was a big thing when you left and then you got you ended up getting can you can you share with us the actual process you got a call from your agent and how this whole went down
1: yes uh so i get the call from the managers um and then uh it's really exciting we're all really excited um you know, it's it, it it uh because it's like okay, so we're all really excited. Oh, God, what do we do? And then I start to prepare. You know, and then um, my manager's all, you know, you need to go see Margie. You need to go get private coaching. Call Margie. Call Margie. I was like, okay, okay. Um, I do. I pretty much do everything they say, just because it's like you know, it's easy. They know what they're doing, and they've never steered me off. Um, and so, it, uh, so it was like spotlight, Scott, um, and then uh, Annie, and then we call and, uh, I think i make an appointment and then I come and see you. And then, and then I go in and I go how? And by the way, this is like the most amazing auditioning experience ever, because usually there's so many things that like make it so much harder sometimes I have to like block out like certain stimulus or noise or whatever. Um, people wouldn't know this about me cause I don't disclose it. And so the way that like Cammy Patton was, um, and Jennifer Lair were the casting directors, they set up everything. So like the energy was so peaceful and calm mm. and chill. It was so easy to just go in and work, you know? Um, And it was just, it was wonderful. It felt so fun. It was like, oh, I like, I know who Violet is. (laughs) You know, I know who this girl is. I know what she's feeling on the inside. I know everything about what's coming up. And it was great, you know, and we did the slices of life together. And then, and then I think the next day there was a clear, like, well, like I think the managers got a call. They were like, uh, "Don't, don't!" Like they were, they were like, "Don't put Sueann in anything holder, holder." They were really excited, and then uh, they were setting up. Was there a callback? I don't remember. if There was. That
0: I, went, I think I worked with you again, didn't I? You did. You did. We did. I had a callback. Were you right before you went for the screen test?
1: Yeah. I think that was the callback, maybe. I don't remember. Yeah, I think that was the callback. But that, here's here's the thing why this is so cool, because everyone working on this project has somebody, like, I mean, I don't know if it's everyone, but they have somebody that they love, right, that they live with, that they, they know what autism is. But a lot of people have no fucking clue. I'm sorry, I just cussed um, right, we on love your that. podcast. Okay. Uh, (laughs) they have no clue what autism is and what what affects people and because there was so much love and care put into the entire process it was like it was like the most gentle loving like humane experience i mean Acting alone is kind of crazy. Everyone knows this, right? I mean, they got to have Asperger's. I would have quit a long time ago, you know, but we, we're like a dog with a bone. We can't quit if we love something. So, you know, I, I should have like stopped being an actor like, you know, 10 years ago in that. Right. But, but you know, so, so because, so this was like the, I've never been on a set where everyone was so kind, so gentle, so loving, where like, or like with the casting, this entire process was carried through with like so much love that um, it's so special.
0: It's just yes. so special. Is it and now you've been you um you have auditioned for other things and uh yeah. how you do that when you are because you basically that's a different story. You can't really use that part of yourself.
1: Oh I don't and I don't like to always, you know. I mean I like I like I love like acting. Acting's a right. jam. You know I love I love like everything. I mean my, my goal I would love to play like a Sith Lord or like Joker, a Sith Lord in Star Wars, you know, because there's this like, there's this like rageful part. Okay. So, so I, I, obviously I love acting. So Charlize Theron played this incredible, incredible stepmom, right? She played in uh, Huntsman with Kristen Stewart, the Snow White story, but here's the thing about her evil person, right? So a lot of people could play it just one note and it's kind of like flat and boring. You're like, ah, you know, that's just a bad guy. But the way she did it, at the very end, she, like, goes into the wound, right? She goes into the part of her that, like, cracks. And then you got to see this evil stepmom and everything that, like, made her who she was, like, the heartbreak. Mm. And those those characters, because that's, you know, like, I've had such an experience like extraordinary life. Yes. And I think acting is a way to also there's a catharsis in healing and healing in showing the journey, right? Humans are not just one note. You know, nobody is just playing evil, you know, nobody's just
0: playing good. Exactly. I always say to people mm-hmm. that you know, when people try to uh, assume that there's just one part of somebody, so you're evil does not mean you don't have all other parts as well. And just because you're really a good person doesn't mean you don't have darkness. And what I do, when you, when I look at you, um, you are not defined by your challenge. You have so many other things that's a part of you. And that's what I, I love about you is your excitement, your enthusiasm, your love for creating, your authenticity, uh, that's pretty powerful stuff. You know, yeah. I, really, I, I appreciate that very much with you. So mm-hmm. we created it t- together. You cried three-fourths of the time when we were <laughs> doing this. And uh, you went on the screen test. Was it a screen test?
1: Yeah, I think there was, um, it was the first producer's screen test. I think so. was because- a screen
0: test for those
1: that don't know. So basically um, uh, for a pilot, because this was a pilot, right? It was a series. So it's the same process where you got to go in. I think uh, you have to have your contracts in order. I think this was it because, and then they're testing like, Basically testing different actors, so there's like three different versions of Violet that is going into read me being one of them, right? And then same with like the other characters. And they're doing chemistry tests. They're putting you in different groups, and you know, and you're going through the scenes, and then you just you know you wait with bated breath. (laughs) Like being an actor, so much of it is just learning how to let go of something because it's always outside your control. The only thing you can do is bring the best version of your performance, who, you know, yourself, like, whatever it is, the character that inspires you, you know, it's hard sometimes, because sometimes you get, like, a really, you know, maybe you have, like, like, you know, there's that saying, there's no, like, small, small roles, just small actors, and you have to make, like, one line, like, really work, you
0: know, or, like, I always say to people, Mm -hmm. and this is the way I teach, is that, you know, if you were only here to book a job, you'd be miserable, right? We don't... (laughs) But if you really love to create, if, you're, if your goal is to create and be a creator, that to me is your goal. And mm-hmm. when you love creating, no matter what it is, it doesn't make a difference if it's one line or if it's three pages, if you're co- co-star, uh, a series regular lead like you are now, it doesn't make a difference because you have that opportunity to create and you can't wait for that one job to be happy.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, I I always say, like, you have to have so many things. You have to have a full life that grounds you outside of just acting, you know, and you meet actors who are like, I'm just an actor. And it's like, that character's not very interesting, because there's no other life going on. Like, what do you like to do? Are You know, do you cook? Do you have, you know, other interests besides just uh, nobody in the world is that, you know, and And people don't understand you have to like have fullness to who you are because your characters are going to have fullness. And also like expanding, like I've started directing, I love, because... Right, because when you're the actor, you're just a piece in somebody else's painting, right? 3D painting. But when you're a director or a filmmaker, you get to create the entire world from scratch. So I've been produced, like, you know, yesterday we just had this amazing, amazing, I'm creating these worlds and these different series and, you know, feature films and stuff that I get to say, what is this and what is that, you know? I've been lucky. I've directed a a few music videos, you know, already. So my wife is a musician, and uh, I just it worked out very well. It was, uh, and it was we a, had that
0: in common. They were both gay. <laughs> both have wives. Both <laughs> <gay>. I'm <laughs> probably
1: like way more like just pansexual than, you know, what, what, like that was the thing about like people on the spectrum, we don't really have a box, you know, so no it's kind there. of like, yeah, the person fits really well or what I'm used to, you know, I was raised. Of course. Up. And that's yeah. the way
0: it should be. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you something before we make closure. This has been a fantastic Mm. Fantastic interview. Uh would you be able to give any advice that can help others who are in the spectrum, on the spectrum? On the spectrum? Yeah. Or on the spectrum. uh, Maybe parents and Yes. That would hear that. What would be the advice that you could give?
1: Um, I talked to quite a few people now. Um uh, you know people who are on the spectrum on all different levels of it. And one of the things that I see a lot of is for parents, they remind me of my parent, right? Like your kid, there's something different about your kid. Your kid is not wrong. You know, your kid is not rude. Um, So there's this shame that I think like parents carry when their child um, is socially inappropriate and the nature of having autism requires a different level of communication understanding and and I think that the parent is going to do their child a disservice if they force the child to fit into a mold that the child innately will never pick up you know uh, besides like you know years and years of training conditioning and whatnot I think it's better for parents to figure out what does move their child who are they if your kid loves like dragons over and over and wants to line up dragon toys, go into his world, find out what is it about the dragons that he loves. Like there was a story about um, this um, little boy who had autism and he couldn't talk anymore, you know, all of his abilities regressed. And then, but they found out that he loved like Disney and Disney movies, right? And his parents took the time to talk to him in Disney characters. Like for a lot of us, we learn how to behave by watching the media and TV. Like I pick someone and I think about the scenario and then I go, this is what Jennifer Aniston would do in this scenario with her friends. So that's how I have to be. Right. Or this is how this person is when they're like, you know, on here or doing that. And then I I learn everything about, so it is, there's acting. Right. And then I learn everything about that. And find out what interests your kids, you know, and then if, if you're on the spectrum and you have a special interest that you love, like I also have like different things. I love space. I love sight. There's like so many things that like I really enjoy. Let yourself have it full out, you know, just full out and, uh, and see where it could take you.
0: That's so. such good advice. You know, I love the concept of, and I'm being a parent myself, going into their world, not making them come into ours and supporting where they're at. Getting down. I know, you know, I told you years ago, many, many years ago, decades ago, I was a speech therapist and I worked with autism uh, and autistic children, but no one knew what it meant. No one even knew what autism meant. I think
1: that's why you're so different and so gentle and kind. Hmm. You're different about like, yeah, I felt really safe to be around you, right? To like, I didn't have to be like watching my P's and Q's and hiding who I am because you just have an energy.
0: Thank you, darling, and I appreciate it. And I can tell you it was very moving for me at a very young age in my 20s to work with uh, a child. I can remember this one child who was perseverating, and they call that repeating, a stimulus that's no longer appropriate. And I got on my hands and knees with this child and went into their world. And he couldn't speak, and he didn't, he couldn't, but when he saw me repeating what he did, we started having a communication together. And we started to actually you could see a smile coming on his face because no one had ever gone into his world. So you know, you brought you remind me of that. And it it makes me smile to know I instinctually did what I think you're telling people to do. And I yes. so much appreciate that. So oh, it's so great. You. Oh, and, it's so great. And do keep us informed about it. I know I want to know, I know that you've done the pilot. I know that you that Amazon Prime has picked it up, which is fantastic. Woo hoo! So, would you keep me informed? It's incredible cast, too. Everything about it when it comes out. I can't wait to work with you uh, continually <laughs> with it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to see it. By the way, this cast is amazing, dude. There's like Sosie Bacon, Chris Payne plays my brother, um, Joe Mantegna, Rick Glassman, Albert Rutecki. These guys, like, it's. So, I'm so excited.
0: I can't wait <laughs> to be set with see them. You. Yeah. I okay. hope we see each other soon again. I love you. Absolutely. I love you, Margie. Thank you. Sending you many, many kisses, and thank you so much. And go live the slice of life. I hope you all enjoyed the podcast as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. If you would like to explore more of my philosophy and the studio, please check out my website, margiehaber.com. Stay tuned for the next Slice of Life.